Paranormal Perception is a full-bodied apparition summoned by 22 Creations Multimedia LLC. Taking a look at the unseen world around us. A world of shadows. Unheard whispers. I see you. Restless souls. Strange creatures. I'm watching you. We'll explore these topics and more. Not for answers. It is called the unknown for a reason. Come and find me. By the end of this episode, you'll have a new perception on the paranormal. I'm watching you. Paranormal Perception with Henry San Miguel. And we made it. It's the end of the year. It's the final Friday of 2020. For in a lot of places, it's, it's Christmas. So Merry Christmas. If you celebrate it, whatever you're celebrating, hope you're celebrating something, especially the way this year went. Hope you get to celebrate something with loved ones, with friends. Uh, and, and this one, I warned you before, when was it, a couple of weeks ago, the last time we were together, I warned you that the, the season finale for, for Paranormal Perception if you're looking for positivity, well, hopefully there'll be some, but because of the way this year has gone and where we're going, there might not be too many uh, on this on this season finale. Just a warning, so uh, be prepared for what we're going to talk about. Back in the, the beginning of the year and obviously the beginning of the pandemic, the lockdowns and when everything was going on, I had two guests on the show that all year long, even at long after we finished recording the episodes and they, they were released, they they became the most downloaded episodes. One was with Ben Stewart. We talked about 5G and some other things and how they tie into the pandemic and what we're where we're going in the future. The other one was when Vernon Mahabal came on. He's the founder and director of of the Palmistry Institute in Los Angeles, and he talked about the the history of of, of palmistry, what it is, how, how it's a science. It's not palm reading. How this is real and, and a lot more accurate than the palm readers that you see out, uh, you know, peddling their their wares. Uh, and all of you, again, you loved what he talked about, and it, it remains one of the most downloaded episodes. So I figured for the season finale, let me have them both come back and pretty much do like a wrap up for the year. What 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 did where. We know what will happen, what where we are now at the end, but more importantly, what we all want to know: what now? What happens next? Where do we go from here? And so that that's what we're going to talk about with both of them. First, we're going to start with Vernon Vernon Mahaba, like I said, the founder and director of the Palmistry Institute, joins me again on Paranormal Perception. Vernon, welcome back to the show. How are you? Hey, thanks for having me. Th- thanks for coming on. Great. So. Yeah, since the last time we talked, I mean, has, have you stayed healthy? Your family, everybody been okay? Yes, I appreciate that. Yeah, everybody's doing well. Thank you so much for that. And I just want to wish you and everyone Merry Christmas. Thank you. Yeah, and it's good. Good to hear you that you all stayed healthy. And so, so let's let's we'll talk about palmistry again towards towards the uh, towards the end of the uh, interview. But let's get right into it. Everybody wants to know, or they're literally on the edge of their seats. They want to know now that we're at the end. Okay, and I will say, maybe you'll agree with this, 
I've, I hear a lot of people, maybe you've heard them from your clients, from, from friends. All of Everybody's waiting for 2020 to be over so we can start over. I got to say, I hate to break it to you guys like this, but when the count, when the clock strikes midnight on December 31st, no one's going to snap and everything's gone away. It's going to continue. Yeah, it's a new year, but it's up to us to change things. But starting with that, Vernon, what, what do you... What are you seeing? What are the what are our palms telling you about about the new year as we get ready for it? Yeah, well, it's going to have a completely different flavor uh, than this year, twenty twenty. Uh, there will be um, some things still happening in that uh, same um, way, but it's going to be a completely different time. Uh, so I'll tell you about that. Um, in a very general way, uh, the planet of Saturn was the ruler of 2020. In other words, Saturn is the planet of restriction and limitation and being boxed in. So if any astrologer was to look at someone, uh, their hand or their astrological chart and see that they were in jail, or in prison, <laughs> or stuck on an island somewhere, they would notice that Saturn was the, the, the ruling planet. In other words, Saturn is that planet of, of the lockdown. <laughs> That's a new Saturn word, actually, mm, yeah. lockdown. Uh, so all of, all of 2020, it actually started in November of 2019 when Saturn moved into this particular house and sign. Um, and now actually Saturn has left this side. It's, it's next to Jupiter right now. And, um, so this planet of restriction, limitation being boxed in, uh, is pretty much out of, uh, out of the situation now. Uh, and that's why we're going to see a completely different temperament that's going to happen with humanity. And now the, the planet that's going to rule over us, the entire world geopolitically, is Mercury. Now, Mercury is going to bring about rebellion. Uh, Mercury is the planet to every astrologer of the planet of freedom, freedom of thought and freedom of action. In the same way that Saturn is the planet of hard work, struggle, limitation, Oil. Saturn is that planet of hard work and struggle. Mercury is the planet of freedom. It's the, it's the planet exactly opposite Saturn. It's the planet of throwing off the chains. Take these chains off of my heart type of thing. <laughs> when people enter into a, a Mercury period, they're like, oh my God, I got to get out of this and I've got to find my own way. And it's, it, it, and Mercury is actually a very uh, fun planet. It, it, uh, it's, it's, a, it's the trickster in astrology. It's that uh, little boy playing a flute uh, and running around. So if you ask any astrologer what Mercury represents, it represents uh, finding one's individuality and um, being young. Saturn is the exact opposite energy like 220 it's it's the old man it's it's um 
it's the old man telling you, hey, don't do this, being very domineering and restrictive. But Mercury is the planet of the young spirit. So we are going to see that the, the demons in control, these, these reptilians behind the scenes, uh, are still going to try to lock us down, the Fauci's and the CDC's and the New World Order people. They're still going to try to lock us down. But there will be rebellion. There will be a large contingent, a growing contingent of Americans that will be done with this and say, hey, I'm not having this anymore. And it will catch fire. So Mercury is that planet of, as I said, throwing off the chains of freedom. Uh, and we'll see that it will be a very dramatic year in many areas. This, this particular year has been really quiet, of course, with the lockdowns, everybody being forced to stay home. But Mercury is 221 is going to be a very dramatic time. Uh, and there's going to be a lot of change. Mercury is also the planet of change. Um, it's the planet of, uh, of adventure and excitement also in its, in its best aspects. It's the, uh, it's the planet of, of discovering oneself, uh, of, of adventure. It's an experiential planet. It wants to understand things. So this is going to be the flavor of 221. There will still be that uh, there will still be that aspect of Saturn leaving this sign, and there will still be uh, our overlords, if you will, our demonic overlords trying to uh, restrict us and limit us and uh, vaccinate us. But there's going to be a very strong contingent of people and a growing contingent of people that will rebel and want their freedom. So it's going to be, you know, I dare use the word exciting, because if we look back, let's say, on the, the American Civil War, uh, sorry, not the Civil War, but the, uh, the War of, of Independence, when we look at that, we'll notice that only 6%, 6 to 12% of Americans wanted freedom from the British crown. Um, and as the British became more restrictive, and even started to fire upon Americans, the Americans uh, were in that high moral ground, and that 12% became 15, that 15% became 20. And then you had the entire Americans uh, saying, okay, it's time to get away from this crowd because they, are, they, they don't really care about us. So people, during this time, during this Mercury time, when that little boy playing the flute is trying to dance around and enjoy himself, they're going to understand that actually these, are, these people who are trying to rule over us are not our friends. They don't really want our happiness. And they're going to start to see things like the health industry, like the vaccinations. People are going to see in mass. There's only maybe 20% of the population that really believes that our, these vaccinations are evil. But, it, but people are going to see that actually these vaccinations have nothing to do with health. And that's what Mercury does. It wakes us up. It's a playful planet, and it wakes us up at the same time. It, it's, it's a playful planet of wonderment and learning. 
it's the planet of curiosity. So right now in, with Saturn, Saturn influences that, hey, you just have to listen to what I have to say. It's like the, the, the father who is just telling the son, uh, he's being very um, strict, and that's okay. But Mercury is like, okay, I got to leave the house and find my own way. So that's, that's going to be the mood of 2021, a waking up, if you will. Uh, and more and more people will be, let's say, aware of, uh, of the actual evil machinations of a uh, Bill Gates, if you will. Yeah, which I so, say, yeah, I say it's about time because I've been talking about that actually for a while. And on this show and other shows also, but let, let me also have you go back to if we didn't have COVID-19, and I know that's been wishful thinking for everybody all this year, but if we never had a COVID-19, the biggest event this year obviously would have been the election. This was an election year. And I remember the last time you came on, I've also heard you on other shows like George Norrie's Coast to Coast. You did say that what you were seeing in, in President Trump's palm and in other people's palm, that he was going to win. I, not being a palmist, astrologer, I saw that also. But now we know what happened. We we think we have a new winner. We're not really sure. It's still in still in, in contention. But w- what happened with all that? How do you how do you see now that we've gone to the election? How do you see using palm palmistry? Yeah, and that's a really great question, and it's it's an exciting question too because in 2016 it was really obvious for me at least to see that Trump would win. Now. Uh, most of my astrological brethren uh, are kind of on the liberal side of the aisle. And uh, I don't ever recall any of them telling me that Trump would win. They all said that Hillary would win. The interesting thing about this election is that even my, my peers and colleagues on the left, they all predicted Trump. Uh, I, and it was almost unanimous. I've met hundreds of astrologers and other psychics uh, who predicted Trump this year. The fact is, is that astrologically, he did win. He won by a landslide. And the, the fact is, is that uh, because of where Saturn is and some other planets that are allowing these demonic personalities to uh, do what they want to do, then this election was overturned. Um, and we're still in that demonic force. And it, I, I do see more drama there. I, I, I don't think it's over. In fact, in fact, I'm not saying that um, they're not going to pick Biden as elect, but this isn't over. This election isn't over. It's I, I do see I do see even more powerful uh, uh, even more powerful contentions. Uh, it's it's even if Biden was to become the president, uh, there is going to be forces against him uh, on the who are part of the conservatives and the patriots and the libertarians that will uh, do something. Um, I don't think it's over yet. I really don't. Uh, there's, and I also think that it's going to wake up the conservatives. Uh, for years and years and years, all we saw was the left going out into the world and marching in the streets and getting us to sign up for abortions and this and that and all the 
this kind of evil stuff. And the conservatives were just at, at work making money for their for their for their their kids. They're taking care of their kids. But now the conservatives, because of where this Jupiter uh, Saturn transit is happening now we're going to see that the conservatives are going to actually start to wake up finally the libertarians the conservatives the patriots they've had enough and this is what the election is going to bring it's the catalyst the catalyst is that they realize actually this election was a fraud and this is the one thing this is the biggest thing that is really going to wake up the conservatives and the patriots in this country. And so in that respect also, the election is not over because we're going to see that um, it's not just going to be the liberals that are going to be out in the streets, but it's going to be the conservatives who are also out there. And I don't mean just in a way of fighting, (laughs) but I mean behind the scenes and um, getting things changed. So... Uh, Trump did win, not just not just by votes, but in the way of this country uh, kind of finding itself again. What is patriotism? In other words, freedom isn't free, yeah. and we're going and, and that's really what's going to happen. That's what I see. Yeah, I mean that, that's the way I see it. Also, the election is, is yes. President Trump won, I'll, I'll call it the popular vote, without actually winning the popular vote. And like you said, that after the lockdowns and everything that we went through, the uh, the, the protests, uh, burning our, our cities down, our, our businesses down, uh, uh, being called racist at every turn, people got tired of that, whether... Whether you're on the left or the right, I saw a lot of people in, in private conversations and guests that I had on the show, they would say they're, they're getting tired of that. Yes, they, they, they were on their side on the, the Black Lives Matter movement. They may have been on their side, maybe understood. They may have been some injustices kicked off, obviously, by the George Floyd murder. But after that turned into injustices on the side of Black Lives Matter and Antifa and, and all those groups out there, then they started to lose uh, people caring about the movement, people, and actually, you built a lot of hate towards those people. So you're actually getting the opposite effect. So yeah, I, I can definitely see that. Now, now let me let me ask you this this because I was thinking about it right as you were explaining the second ago. When when we have a, I'll say a collective reaction to a big event like like obviously another one was 9/11 where not only the country but the entire world saw this. This one, even though it was, it was an American election. The world was also watching. So when there's a collective reaction to an event like this, in this case, the election, does that change how you see palms or, or, or is it, as you said last time, is it already written in the palms? Oh, that's, that's, that's a very interesting question. I love it. I'll explain it this way. America was founded on rugged individualism, and that's what made America great. And that's what everybody uh, saw in the world. When they saw that America was great, it was because of our rugged individualism. There was a French philosopher who once said, America is great because it is good. But when it ceases to be good, it will no longer be great. And so what we're seeing is the destruction of of morals, ethics. Uh, We're seeing the... Uh, raping, if you will, of 
of uh, of our morals of our of our religious fabric um, and so this is also Saturn Pluto type of stuff and what's going to happen is that as Jupiter becomes more and more powerful Jupiter is going to be the most powerful planet in our skies especially over America in the next three to four years it's going to change things considerably and so what I see in people's hands is that, in, in Americans' hands, is that individualism is still very respected. But because Saturn is going to be out of the way, and Mercury and Jupiter will be more and more powerful, um, uh, we can see that actually that individualism is really of the nature of the soul. And that's why people love America all around the world, because individualism uh, is really what our soul is based on. This, the individual soul is individualistic. We're not one like the New Agers and the yoga people think. We're not one. Because, you know, if you buy a watch, I don't get a watch, which how you think is very different than what I think. We're, we all think differently. We're all individuals. And the reason America became strong is because of individualism. Well, the idea that socialism is a strong force and a good force will die as Jupiter becomes stronger because Americans will realize that socialism is the killer of individuality. Mm -hmm. It goes against spiritual principles. Socialism is a philosophy, as Winston Churchill says, of failure. And why is it a, why is it a philosophy of failure? Because it kills the individualistic nature of the soul. It is, it is completely an anti-spiritual philosophy, socialism. And that's what I'm seeing on Americans' hands. In other words, they're going to realize that actually this socialism is not what we're about. Of course, there will be, um, there will be liberals like, let's say, the AOCs uh, who are just going to try to become dictators. In fact, um, that's what, that is actually is what scares me when I see someone like an AOC. If you might not know anything about palmistry, but if, you, if, if, if your uh, listeners were just to look at her hands on the Internet, um, pull up a picture of her when she's waving. Pull up a picture of her where she's um, holding up her hand. And you'll see that um, in most people, the, the index finger and the middle finger are sitting proportionately at, on the hand. But her two fingers, especially the index finger, the pointer finger, and the middle finger, are, they're actually kind of propped up from the palm proper itself. In other words, they are almost lifted up. That's exactly what Stalin had. If this is a sign of ruthlessness, when these two fingers are actually um, sticking up from the hand, it looks actually unusual. This is a sign of ruthlessness. This is a sign that if she becomes in a position of power, she could kill 20 million people or more, just like Stalin did. So liberalism, 
these these atheists of the uh, on, on the liberals, I've been looking at their hands, and they're they're just extremely atheistic and ruthless, such as these mayors of uh, and governors of California and San Francisco. If you look at where their index finger is, the index finger is the pointer finger, obviously, and it, uh, it's the finger of power and control. And when this finger is disproportionately uplifted on the palm, it shows a person who wants power at all costs. And I see this with the Nancy Pelosi's. I see this with the AOC's. I see this with the uh, Newsom's. They want, they're ruthless. They're ruthless. They want power. And this is the side that the conservatives and the patriots are fighting. We're fighting ruthless, atheistic, demonic people. And I think that as Jupiter moves in the sky and it becomes a more powerful and beneficial force over us and it becomes stronger, that Americans are going to wake up to these, the evil, if you will, of the left. Because Jupiter is the planet of godliness. In Vedic astrology, it's called guru. And guru means spiritual master, spiritual teacher. Uh, it's the planet of spiritual guidance. Um, and Jupiter, uh, consequently, is, the, is, is a very loving and warm planet. It's also the planet of treating people well. It's the planet of morals and standards and ethics. Saturn is exactly the opposite. It's putting somebody in jail or being ex overly strict. So as Jupiter moves into the sky and is in a better position, we're going to see that Americans are going to say, hell with socialism. We need our individuality back, because that's what Jupiter is. Jupiter is the planet of individuality. Jupiter is the planet of, of, of anything but atheism. It's the planet of serving God and being happy and devotional service. It's the planet of where God wants us to be happy and individualistic and to be free. So that's what's going to happen. People are going to wake up to this socialism because it's an it's the antithesis of what our country is about, which is individualism. Yeah. Yeah, at the close, you made me go on and actually look for a picture of AOC. Yeah, you're, you're right. I'm sure everybody's doing that also. They open up a window and now looking at everybody like, wait a minute, let, let me look at their hands. Uh, but yeah, and, and... Her two fingers, yes. Yeah, her two, and... Her two fingers, Jupiter and uh, the, the pointer finger and the middle finger are are almost look, look like they're being pulled up from the palm of the hand. Yeah. Yeah. Stalin yeah. had this. And I, actually, and I found actually a couple of pictures where she is holding up her hands perfect. This way you can clearly see it. And, and also, uh, you're right. I, I would say I would add in even, not even just with palmistry, it, I would say just at, at this point, actions speak louder than words. I mean, just look at their actions. Look at what how they what they say, what they do. Uh, and a lot of times, as we've seen in the news, it, it's a lot of, yeah, you know, do what I say, not what I do, especially with Pelosi and as I call him Newsom Lini over here in California. Uh, I, I, I can see that with, with uh, you know all the all the stuff that you're saying, all the stuff that they're doing. Yeah, I can I can absolutely see that. Now, let me ask you another thing about um 
about the uh, our palms, especially with your clients, Vernon. It's the, the the clients that you've read for this year. Have are you seeing any hints of what uh, many are call, are referring to as as the great reset that is coming? Do you see any hints of that in people's palms? Oh, absolutely. Um, when I first saw this uh, fake pandemic, before I saw it, maybe months before it, and I said this to George Norrie on Coast to Coast, he asked me, did you see this pandemic happening? And I said, you know what, George? It's almost like I saw that the grid would go down. That's what I thought. I, thought the, I, I saw the economy going down. And I, I thought it was because the grid was going to go down. The power was going to go down. And I was like thinking, well, I don't see why. Is it be- maybe, maybe an asteroid is going to hit the planet or something? I'm not really sure. But I did see it was from uh, when I looked into it, I said, yeah, it is from the, um, the overlords, the, 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 the demonic reptilians behind us. I did see, but I thought they were going to pull the plug el- electrically. Um, the Great Reset is basically, and what I'm seeing on people's hands, is that we're going to have to get our economy back. And, and ultimately, what I saw a year ago or more was that it's economic warfare. Uh, World War I was chemical warfare. World, World War II was intelligence-gathering warfare. Um, this is an economic warfare without even pulling a gun. And so the great reset, quote-unquote, is the average American trying to actually start to be able to feed their family again. Um, the, the problem here is that we're going to really go into an ec- economic crisis. And I think it was Cuomo just the other day who said, I, I'm being honest with you, it's about redistribution of wealth. So while everybody's sitting at home wearing masks, uh, the Federal Reserve and all these other uh, evil, uh, evil, evil uh, entities, they're re- redistributing wealth amongst those who they like. And the average American lower middle class, middle class, higher middle class is going to suffer. And so if I do see something good from it, it's going to be that that rugged individuality, that rugged individualism will come back and people are going to realize I've got to start my own business. And this is really what the Great Reset is about, killing businesses so that you have an elite. That's basically what it is, the same situation as as uh, China, where you have an elite. Well, I do think because of where the planets are going to be positioned in the sky in the next few years, Americans are going to, um, the intelligent ones anyway, the conservative ones, are going to bounce back from this. And they're going to really start their own businesses again. Because astrologically, what I see in people's hands as a great reset is, is... People are going to say, I'm not working in a large company anymore. I'm not going to work for a big box company. I'm not going to work for Amazon anymore. I'm going to start my own company. And we're also going to see that I do believe that the right is going to migrate to where it wants to live in America and the 
and the left is going to migrate to where it wants to live in America. Um, I do see mass migrations of people according to where they feel more safe. This is why everybody's, let's say, going to Tennessee. The conservatives are going to Tennessee. People are leaving California because it is such a communist state. They want to go to Texas, where it's not a communist state. So um, one thing I learned from my astrological teacher years ago, there's a, very, there's, a, there's a phrase, the future always foreshadows itself. The future always foreshadows itself. And so what are we seeing? Look at the signs. People are leaving California, even though it's a beautiful state, but they're going to states where they can just live and be abundant and not have to pay exorbitant taxes and, and be able to go to the beach if they want to. So we're seeing that now. Imagine what's going to happen in two or three years. Yeah, they're, they're going where they can be individuals, like you said a minute ago. Exactly. Yeah, it's a, the something- whole aspect of what I see in the future is we're going to slowly but surely wake up that to get back our individual individualism. Now, there will be liberals and leftists who won't want that, obviously, uh, because they are godless and they they don't have morals or standards. Uh, and so they want to be told what they to do um, because liberalism is not a philosophy of, uh, of thought and introspection and reflection. You can see that on people's hands. Le- liberals do not like, they're incapable of reflection. When you look at the hand of a liberal, what I see is there's a lack of planetary aspects that uh, give them the ability to reflect and be perceptive and see around the corner of things. And you absolutely do see that with libertarians and conservatives and patriots. You see the ability to uh, be reflective and introspective and reflective. That's, that's a big deal. And it's funny, be- um, yeah. And it's funny because most liberals, you see them in general, you see them as uh, the opposite of what you just said. Meaning, a lot of them are in the arts, in, in as actors, you know, singers, right? something in the arts, and, and and you see their their Instagram posts, their social media, and they always seem to be in touch with themselves and in touch with the universe and all of that. But like you're saying, it, it's that's not actually the case, is it? The reason you see all of Hollywood actors and actresses and the entire aspect of Hollywood uh, just being that person who follows whatever Wolfie Blitzer says is because they have the, the planets of Mercury and the moon, the ability to think for oneself are gone from their hand. It's not there. So that's, this is why an actor, they like to be told what to play. They can go into another uh, persona because they don't, they don't think about who they are. It's easy for them to play somebody else. They have to be told what to play. This is why our entire uh, Hollywood is uh, just like robots. And they listen to the narrative. 
because Mercury and the moon are completely removed from the energies of their hand. And Mercury and the moon have to do with uh, being perceptive and thinking for yourself. And the average liberal cannot do that. And that's why they go along with the narrative. Yet in the conservatives' hands, conservatives have a tremendous ability of understanding, uh, a tremendous ability of uh, uh, planetary aspects of Mercury and the moon. This is why conservatives are always sometimes even fighting with each other <laughs> because because they think they think a lot they they're, they're individualistic thinkers and that's why we see every single conservative uh, commentator thinks exactly along the same lines because there's no mercury and pluto in their hands um so yes um our country will i really do not believe our country is 50 50 i think that's a lie I think it's probably maybe 25% of our country are godless leftists. But uh, they, are the, they, they, own, they own the media. They are the George Soros's. They are the CDC. They are the deep state. They are the FBI and the CIA. So they own everything at this point. But they're not 50%. And um, there will be that divide of our country. I also see astrologically that the, our, our American government will be less dependent on. In other words, people are just going to, in the next, let's say, five years, ignore what the government says. The government's going to become, our American government is going to be less and less and less trusted as it is now because of the election fraud. Mm-hmm. But in about five years, the American government will almost have no power or control over its people. Um, states will become more powerful. That's what I see. The individual states will become more powerful according to whether they're red or blue. They'll have their own uh, forms of government. This is very, very much seen. Um, this is very, very much seen astrologically. Yeah. Very much seen. Yeah, I was going to say, not even, I mean, I'm, I'm not a palmist, I'm not an astrologer, psychic, but I, just living in real life in the real world, I, I, I'm seeing signs of that already. So, yeah, I, I, yeah, I think you're a million percent correct on that one, Vernon. Uh, so, let's... You know, it's, it's interesting to me because um, the, the America that we saw, um, if you remember the day that uh, Roger Stone was arrested that really horrible thing that they did to him, arrest him practically with no clothes on, just in his pajamas. Mm-hmm. That was the day that um, the America that we know died. And I think that was about a year and a half ago. I was looking at the planetary aspects a few days before that. And that was a pivotal moment in our country's history, the day that Roger Stone was arrested. Um, and that showed the beginning of a new America, Amer- and a, an America that will have to uh, die and come back again. How much money are we going to make? It is the finger of economic development. 
hopefully again this is christmas as, as uh, this show is being released and so hopefully you get a really really loud alarm clock for christmas and that that, that finally wakes you guys up <laughs> out there so again it's, it's vernon mahabal he is the uh, the founder and the director of the palmistry institute in los angeles i have everything looked up on on the uh, show description palmistryinstitute.com if you guys want to go there vernon thanks a lot for coming on and finishing off this this year yeah i, I hope to have you back next year and uh, we, no, we'll be in touch afterwards I, I told you about this big event that I have planned for next year. So uh, I wish you, your family, the best and hope to speak to you soon, my friend. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. But wait, that's not the finale to the season finale. As you heard me say at the top, we're also going to talk to somebody else. There were two most downloaded episodes. That was one of them, Vernon Mahabal. The second, Ben Stewart. Ben's next. Paranormal Perception will return in a moment. Radio turns 100 years old this year, and we want you to join our celebration. Share your favorite radio memory on social media using the hashtag Radio 100. Visit us at wearebroadcasters.com slash Radio 100 for more. This show provides you the red pill you need for a new perception on the normal. A paranormal perception. Paranormal perception with Henry San Miguel. Hey, you know, I just realized with everything else that was going on this year, I forgot to bring that up. Radio, something that my career, basically, it's turning 100 years old. I don't know why I didn't mention that, but there you go. Uh, if you guys have a, have a memory or something about radio, or I guess the memory now would be I actually listen to radio, which is pretty rare nowadays. Uh, go there, uh, like you heard in that little message. So, wrapping up the uh, season finale for Paranormal Perception, you just heard from Vernon Mahabal, and uh, I I warned you guys of what. Yeah, we're trying to be inspirational, we're trying to be positive. It's kind of hard with the way the world is going to be going, uh, uh, and it, it doesn't look like it's going to get any better anytime soon. So, like I said, the uh, the second most downloaded episode this year was earlier the year when I had Vernon and then also when Ben Stewart came on. We talked, we spent most of our conversation back then talking about uh, 5G and where where that's going to go, where that may take us in, in technologically uh, in, in the very near future to come. But now, since then, Ben on his YouTube channel, I have everything linked up, linked up on the show description, and he started, uh, he, he had a YouTube channel, but he just started about a month ago now a new thing called Waking Infinity. I'm not going to tell you what it is, not because I don't want to, but because Ben joins me now on the show to tell you all about it. Ben Stewart, welcome back to the show. How are you? Hey, man, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I hope you are as well, man. Um, yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me on the show, man. It's, uh, it's great to be back. Yeah, great, great to have you back. And, and, and like I said, I had to finish with you because you're 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 one of the most downloaded episodes that I had this year. So I had to wrap up the season with you. And like I mentioned, you started Waking Infinity. This is a, a, a news, I guess we call it a news show. Is that how you would describe it? Yeah, it's a news show. It's, uh, it's an attempt at a new form of news um, that kind of breaks some of the, not rules, but paradigms of the old news, which is basically like holding fast to a specific narrative only you know only talking about things that can be proven by snopes and washington post and also only giving one part of the narrative and not admitting to um to potentially having fallibility 
So what I'm trying to do is break out of some of those molds so people can, in a sense, awaken infinity inside them, you know, and I believe that happens by asking questions um, rather than um, just being given information, being, you know, when you have an answer, it's already predefined for you, either believe it or you don't. But when you ask questions, you begin engaging in a new way. So that's really the whole point of Waking Infinity News. So, yes, it's news, but hopefully it's it's new to people. It, I, I got to say, ever when I first saw the, the from the first episode on that, and I watch it every single week when you put out the new ones, uh, it, that that you have become my source for news. I mean, I, I, we were talking right before we started. I don't listen. This is somebody whose entire career has been spent in in radio broadcasting. So, and I had to read news, so I, I know what goes behind it. I can hear some of the phrases that um, to incite panic without actually saying panic without yelling fire in a theater, so to, so to speak. Uh, but with you, the way you presented one, uh, you know, I like you from the first time you came on, but, but the way you present the news, it's a lot easier. Yes, I will say you didn't put it that way, but I will put it as you're not trying to sell us a bill of good. You're not telling us this is right. This is wrong. You just present it and it's up to us. I mean, you say in a few of them, you know, go, you go do your own research, go here, you point out where to go and, and all that. So. Yeah, I think you're definitely onto something, and that's why I had to have you back on and start talking about that. So again, to everybody, I'll have a, I have a link on the show description. You guys can go there. I'm sure you're gonna want to subscribe, and and you'll be as uh, I guess I'll use for me obsessed as it what I am. I watch it. I rewatch a, a lot of them also. So yeah, you're doing a great job with that, Ben. Beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so a lot of the a lot of the uh, a few of the videos you met you 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 repeat in different ways. You keep saying. We have the power to change everything, even though some of the things may look bleak, may look like there's no hope, there's no way out of it. You do say the power ultimately lies with us. However, I've been thinking, and I'll have you talk to, talk about this right now. I've been thinking, have, do we as a civilization, not just America, but as just the planet, do we do we need to go through a dark period in order to come out better on the other side? That's a good question. You know, um, I can really, my best reference point is, uh, is myself and the people around me, but that's not fair because, um, you know, I swim in a very specific circle of people who are seekers. We, we really were looking for new information. We're looking for the narrative beneath the narrative. We, we, we sense the world beneath the world. And, you know, should it get darker or does it have to get darker for people to wake up? I, I have a sense, if, I, if I'm just using my intuition, I have a sense that it will likely get more bleak. I'm not going to say quite a bit or just a little bit. I'm going to say it will get more bleak. Um, but does it have to? Not really. But that, again, like this, this is the semantics of it is when I say not really, it's because everybody has the potential of waking up at an accelerated rate or of, um, and not that everybody, you know, everybody's waking, awakening is going to look the same or that they're going to come to the same conclusions. But when you awaken, it's really, you're ready to put the old behind you and step into the new. And I kind of feel that a lot of what's happening, a lot of what people are being faced with, especially in 2020 is we're being confronted with, a problem that's been around for a while and the, and the stink is getting to us. 
Um, but there's so many people that are, I, I believe, looking for ways to simply get used to the stink rather than get to work on clearing out the carcass that's in the room, the, the dead old paradigm. And the reason why I say it that way is because I kind of feel like what we're dealing with is the same thing we've always dealt with, complacency, you know, and people when, man, I even think Karl Marx said it. And, you know, that, that doesn't mean I, I back what Karl Marx said, but, you know, what he said was in a capitalist society, you'll get such affluence that the, the large um, middle class will start forgetting the, the blood, sweat and tears that all of their freedoms, that all of their conveniences and everything that they've ever wanted is at their fingertips. They'll stop. They'll start forgetting where it came from and how it actually got to them. And then they'll start complaining about little inconsequential things and demanding more and more and more of a system that they don't even understand how it runs. So this is why I always try and put the, the um, responsibility and the accountability back on the people, not on the system itself, because I believe that the system is more of a mirror. It will, it will reach for more power if we keep saying, oh, okay, whatever, I don't like it, but do it anyway. And I feel like that's what we're doing. We're forgetting what it took for us to even have this country, the United States. You know, so we will learn about in school, the American Revolution, the Civil War, and people who had to leave their homes, leave their families behind and and fight for what they believed. You know, some of them, yes, they fought for a paycheck, um, but a lot of them, they were coming from families that they were like, you know, this, you know, if if we're not successful, our whole way of life is over. So come on, son, you're, you're the eldest and the strongest of us, you know, go to war, do, do what you must. And if you have to die for this cause, I'm sorry, but you got to die for this cause. Well, nowadays we have 360 million Americans. Um, there's no such thing as a draft anymore. Like, you know, it, I think the last time we had a, had a draft was so long ago that people today, they're, it's just occupational. Like you go into the military or you don't, you know, and I, I kind of feel like what we're dealing with is a form of complacency. And this is where I put the responsibility back on the people. Does it have to get darker? Does it have to get more bleak and more grim? Does it have to fall into what Joe Biden was calling the dark winter, you know, a dark, dark winter that we're about to face? No, I don't believe we have to, but if I'm looking at trends and I'm being honest, I kind of feel like it's going to get darker before people start being shaken up out of their comfort zone. Um, you know, we, we were talking about, you know, just a little bit earlier, some people have been on this path for a while. They've been looking at, you know, we, we've been seeking like what's going on, what's going on in the world. I want to know more. And that means we heard the alarm bell softly. We woke up, we were rested and we started looking around like, okay, what's the, what's happening now? Like what, 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 what have I been asleep to for so long? And that was because we chose to wake up at that time. But now it's so obvious. All the things we've been talking about for 10, 20 years are actually playing out right now within the course of a year. So there's people whose entire livelihoods, their small businesses, their families aren't able to make rent. Their businesses are, are going under and now they're being forced to look at the underbelly, to look at the agendas that have 
slowly been encroaching upon their freedoms for quite some time now. And so they're getting a different wake-up call than we did back when we woke up well-rested. The alarm bell was very, you know, take it or leave it, you know. But now people are waking up regardless of whether they want to or not. So I kind of feel like the darkness is already in the room. Does it have to get worse from this point? I kind of feel like it will, especially if we, you know, and I, I don't fall on the left or the right, or even I'm not even a centrist in politics. I try and take an elevated view and take a look at it. But I kind of feel like the administration that looks like it's getting into office now, come on, look look at who is being loaded up into this administration. I don't care if you like Trump or not, um, who we're looking at going forward is just more of the same. It's just business as usual. And so to me, man, I kind of, I feel like it's going to get a little bit darker, but so I don't get super bleak on you. I do feel positive. I feel like no matter what, when we wake up, we wake up. And I feel like what is coming is what must come. And I do see that there's a lot of community coming together. There's a lot of new platforms online that are, you know, not even fighting back against free speech or, or, you know, censorship, but they're just realizing, why do we have to let these big multinational corporations that don't care about us, why do we have to let them become these, you know, monopolistic giants? Why can't we just go off and do it on our own? And really that's what's happening now. So I kind of feel like it's breeding innovation. And so I'm excited. Yes, it's getting a bit darker, but in that darkness, we also see that, you know, um, a lot of innovation is coming out. So that's, that's kind of how I feel about what's coming in the very, very near future. Yeah, when it comes to that topic, many people describe it as we got complacent. I keep saying we got spoiled, quite honestly. And it sounds like that's kind of what you're saying, that – yeah, it, yeah. I mean, and I used to joke when I was living in San Francisco. I used to joke about this, but it's it's very it fits in with right with what you were saying that we have the homeless population, the homeless problem over there. And I always used to say, yeah, it's funny how San Francisco homeless are the only ones that seem to have two smartphones. They have a radio and everything. So yeah, they're really suffering. They have you know besides the usual homes and, and you know and food and on a regular basis. But they all they seem to be the only homeless population that has cell phones that has you know radios or, or these luxuries luxuries that most people have so yeah that's the same thing for most people it's not that like you said they're not they don't want to wake up it is hard to wake up as we all know but especially for this when you're being told or you see how bad things are getting but all you got to do is swivel your chair and let me play playstation let me watch netflix or whatever like yeah it's easy to put on those blinders and say, eh, somebody else will take care of it. Well, maybe not. Uh, and, and I've also, like you mentioned the election, the, uh, the who's coming in. The way I've been describing the election, see if you agree or, or what you think of this, the way I've been describing the election to people without getting political is I simply ask them this. Say you have a car. You keep taking it to the same repair shop. Every time you do, they repair it, but something else goes wrong. So you bring it back to the same shop they repair it, something else goes wrong. So you give up, you go somewhere else. Hey, they, they fix it. It's working. It's fine. But now it's uh, it's it's breaking down again. So instead of taking it to that same shop or the one you took it before, you take it to another shop that's owned by an employee from the former shop that used to break your car. That's the election. Is that is that how you, how you would see it or, or, or no? 
Yeah, you know, that's that's a that's a good analogy. You know, I kind of feel like what you were describing there was a was the swamp and then a deviation from the swamp that many people would say through this world even into more turmoil and then now the swamp is returning and people are cheering because because orange man is is leaving office <laughs> and um you know to be perfectly honest like, like i don't know how many of your listeners may listen to you know tim cast irl or the you know the tim pool daily show you know but he's been kind of following it like listen guys like it's it's not even fully over. It's it's pretty much over, but it's not even fully over because guess who has to count all those electoral votes? Mike Pence. Yeah. You know, the, the vice president gets to count those and does have the power and authority to say, you know what, um, there there's two different envelopes from Pennsylvania. One is saying it was counted this way. The other is saying it was counted that way. I'm going to throw out Pennsylvania. I'm going to throw out Georgia. I'm going to throw out Wisconsin and all the other swing states and and throw this whole thing into disarray is it going to happen it's not very likely um you know and so i kind of feel like what's happening is what we're getting with joe biden is you know to me there's even certain things about joe biden that i'm like you know he he said the right things but the family is compromised and who's been screaming and yelling about the hunter biden stuff for the longest time well only only one news station and you can say oh well that's because they're republican but yeah don't you why why did everybody else whitewash it the news was out there uh what was it since october even before october maybe yeah about hunter biden and so you know the news was out there and here you have twitter coming out and shutting down and and you know in a sense like shadow banning anyone who talks about it and then afterwards after the election they said oh sorry about it guys sorry we're going to allow people to start talking about it again well it doesn't matter now because you you like i forget what the percentage was but there was like i think it was either 17 or 30 i don't know why i have those two numbers in my head but it was it was a large percentage of people who voted for joe biden who said had i known this prior to the election time i would not have voted for him and I'm not even going to go deeply into it because the thing is, is like, I'm not saying we need Trump and Trump's going to save us or anything like that. I think the whole system needs reform. And when I'm talking about the system, I'm like, we we're forgetting that we prop up the system with our voting with. Our, and I'm talking about voting with our dollars, voting with our decisions, voting with who we go to, where you know, who we support with our time, attention and our money. And I kind of feel like what's happening right now is, man, you, you look at Kamala Harris, where she comes from, how she, you know, you know, how she has ties with big tech, you know, what big tech is involved in right now. And then just the entire fact that um, if you look who some of these people from Google, I believe Twitter or Facebook and even Goldman Sachs are now being, you know, this is going to be our new administration. You may not have if you don't see why that's a conflict of interest, then you may not understand what has been coming for at least 15, 20 years. Some say all the way back to um, uh, the early 90s when um, I think it was the uh, Kyoto Protocols were out there, this whole Agenda 21, uh, how we're going to use the idea of climate change and, oh, average people are destroying the planet. So what do we need? Oh, well, we need the elites to come in and basically turn this into a prison planet where humans can't touch nature anymore. And what I'm talking about 
is now happening and people are not able to uh, ignore it anymore. It's called the Great Reset. And it is not just, you know, and you will get mainstream media saying, oh, Great Reset, it's a conspiracy. Really, go to the World Economic Forum and look at, <clears throat> look at the person who started the World Economic Forum like 50 years ago, Klaus Schwab. He wrote a book called COVID-19, The Great Reset. And the Great Reset is an initiative by the World Economic Forum. It's not a conspiracy. It's literally the playbook. And this is this is where most people they complain. They, they'll use the CIA derived term called conspiracy theory. Be like, oh, well, that's conspiracy theory. It's only a conspiracy theory to those who literally have done no research on it. Literally no research on it. Low information people who've done no research on it whatsoever who use a term conspiracy theory to, in a sense, mar and taint anything that makes it look like bad stuff is happening or that, you know, our best interest is not being kept in mind of the powerful elite. And this is where it really gets frustrating to a lot of people where it's like, wow, I can't say anything. I can't, you know, it's not like free speech is being smashed over the head just with censorship. We're self-policing each other, where we're not even allowing people who are trying to bring the truth forward a platform because we're just going to say, oh, come on, you, why don't you wear your tinfoil hat? Get out of here. I want to get back to my two and a half men and my, my bread and circuses. Don't talk about the Great Reset. What is that conspiracy theory? When literally it is the playbook that has been set in stone for 30 years now, at least 30 years and um man it's it just keeps going deeper and deeper and where does this come back to well you know the the only person who is really slowing this whole thing coming from china which a lot of this tech is coming from china was donald trump and i'm not even a trump supporter but there are people caught on tape saying well, we have people, our old friends in politics, whether it was through the Clinton administration or the Bushes, doesn't matter whether it was on the left or the right side of the aisle. We had our old friends that anytime there was an issue with China, we could resolve it very, very quickly. Why couldn't we do that with Trump? Well, guess what? Now our friends are getting back into office with the big guy, Joe Biden. So, yeah. you know, I, I hate getting super political about it, but the bottom line is, is, the people who are saying that this is just ridiculous, let's just get back to our bread and circuses, calm down, nothing bad is really happening. These are the lowest information people out there. And I, I try not to belittle people, but in a sense, when when is it just you know being ignorant and not calling people on the stuff that they need to be called on? You know, I I would be doing myself and my own listeners a disservice if I didn't call it like I see it. And the thing is, is turning the other cheek all the time and trying to come up with nice ways of talking about people who are pretty much policing the rest of the world. That's that's just it's not my style. And I, I hope your listeners, you know, at least have enough of a head on their shoulders. You know, I bet they do where they can see that this is above left right politics. This is something that is really the technocratic elite. And it's an agenda that's been moving on us for quite some time now. They, those people that, you know, kind of just say whatever to this, they, they must enjoy magic shows because that's exactly what we're seeing, you know, where the magician is doing one thing with one hand, but the reality is happening over here with the other one. So the only difference is in this case, the magic trick actually is going to hurt us, not just entertain us. So 
think about that mm-hmm. one next time you are watching the news. Now, the other big thing, if it hadn't been for everything we went through for this, uh, the election would have been the biggest thing this year. But obviously, it wasn't. It was COVID-19. Now, me, when you first came on, it was sort of at the at the beginning or just a couple of months into the shutdown. So we, none of us really knew too much. Now, almost a year uh, after after the fact, have you, with your research, have your views on the pandemic, on COVID-19, our reaction, I keep calling it an overreaction, our reaction to it, have they changed at all or have they remained about the same? Uh, it's just about the same. You know, I've just gotten more information on it. You know, whereas um, a lot of people that I know, they they don't continue their research. They research and, until they get an idea in their head mostly that validates their beliefs and then they just leave it alone. They stop researching it. Well, you know, I kept researching it and I love the paradoxes. There are some people who are saying, well, you know, a virus, it's this, you know, biological organism that can get inside you and, and infect you. And, you know, for these people, I'm like, do you realize what a virus is? It's not a living organism. It's, it's not like a, it's not like a parasite. It's not like an amoeba. It's not like a bacteria. You know, what it is, is an excretion of a cell with DNA. And if you listen to Zach Bush, I think he puts it best. A virus, um, a virus will come about when your environment um, demands it. So if you look at Bruce Lipton with epigenetics, you know, he puts stem cells, exactly the same stem cells, in several different petri dishes and he gave those petri dishes slightly different constituents um you know and he basically changed the environment of them and some of them turned into bone some turned into muscle some turned into organ tissue why why did the same exact stem cells turn into different kinds of tissue it was the environment that called upon it to do that and so this is epigenetics and it's also um you know we have our genotype but the phenotype and people who grow plants they know this where you can take one seed you plant it in one part of the world it'll grow in one way you plant it in a different kind of terrain a different environment it'll grow a different way so what i'm talking about here is the coronaviruses have been around for i think at least 700 years some people say up to 1200 years but at least documented up to 700 years and so when do they come about Coronaviruses come about when there is an environmental stressor. Can we prove that there are more coronaviruses present now or that this coronavirus um, is more prominent now than it was in 2018 or 2017 or 2016? Absolutely not. It cannot be proven. And in fact, no matter what, there's always coronaviruses in the air around you. You're always breathing it in. The difference is, are you immunocompromised or not? And so the, you know, I, I won't try and, you know, do Zach Bush's um, entire body of work in this program. But what I am going to say is that basically it's a narrative. It's a story and the story is being given wrong. So these PCR tests that cause for, you know, like people are going getting these uh, PCR tests um, to see whether they have COVID or not. And when they get this test, there is an 80% um, false positive. Uh, so that's, that's staggering, 80% false positive. There's also a 30% false negative, meaning there's an 80% chance you will test positive 
for something that you don't have. It's, it's not a problem. It's, you know, mind you, again, we all have coronaviruses inside of us. Um, so it's really when it's causing these antibodies in our, inside of us. You can also test positive for it, and, and it'll show negative. 30% of people will test positive when really it's a negative in there. Um, or I'm sorry, it'll, it, they'll test negative when they're actually positive. So the interesting thing is, is the CDC has come out and they've taken out the 80% false uh, positives and they've left in the 30% false negatives. And they're saying, listen, of all these cases, we're, we're, there's likely 30% more. But what about the, the 80% less? They're not mentioning that. So the thing is, is there is science around COVID. There really is but we're not even being given the, the facts. We're truly not being given the facts. So then you have to ask yourself why. Why is this narrative being put forth? Well, if you look at people like William Colby and William Casey, these were CIA directors from the 70s and 80s. The reason why they infiltrated uh, journalism is to control the narrative. Even Abraham Lincoln says, he who molds opinion is uh, greater than um, he who enacts laws. And this is exactly what we're seeing today. You can have the biggest farce in, in the world right in front of your face, but if you keep repeating a false narrative, eventually people like this tribe mentality, herd mentality, when they're having a conversation with other people and somebody's talking politics and all you have ever heard is the narrative, then we like to join in in conversation. Oh, yeah, well, guess what I heard? Blah, 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 blah. So we join in on it, and then we start saying the narrative as well. So I guess, you know, so I don't go on and on and on. The thing about COVID-19 is if you look at the numbers, it doesn't add up. If you look at the lockdowns, even the CDC and the WHO are saying these are last resorts. They're not good for us. They're not, I mean, just for health. They're not even talking about economy. But the thing is, is it seems like there is a specific play. You know, it's like a chess move that's happening here. Destroy small businesses, have, you know, incredible returns for companies like Amazon, Tesla, you know, um, uh, Walmart, stuff like that. So the rich are getting richer, the poor are getting poorer. Uh, the average American makes about $30,000 a year and is about $6,000 in credit card debt and only has roughly $1,000 in savings. And many of them are laid on their rent. So what is actually happening here? It is, if you're not paying attention to the great reset and what that is, this is exactly what the whole plan was to begin with. The narrative is there's a pandemic. The pandemic is responsible for destroying the economy. The pandemic is responsible for all these small businesses failing. The pandemic is responsible for many people who are doing fine to now be close to impoverished. And then there's this reskilling thing. The World Economic Forum is like, well, we, you know, we need to use this as an impetus for the Great Reset, meaning we need to usher in brand new technology so we can trace and track people who may have COVID, whether they like it or not, whether they know it or not. We can harvest their data, whether they like it or know it or not, using things like Instagram and their new policies, Facebook and their new policies, 
and we we can have this incredible influx of new jobs that are mainly centered around the the digital economy, quantum economy, things along those lines. And I hope I'm not getting too heady, but basically what I'm saying is the people who are not paying attention, which unfortunately is most of the people in the world, are going to say, wow, it looks like COVID-19 did a number on us. It destroyed our economy. We had to usher in all this new technology. But thank you, um, rich elite who gather it in Davos in Switzerland once a year for coming out with this great reset initiative that basically gives us a universal income where we have to forfeit all of our assets, all of our property, never to be returned to us ever again. And now we are permanently under the thumb of a class and a social um, credit system, much like China, where we are traced and tracked. And if we go to the wrong protest or we say the wrong thing on social media, our social credit is decreased and we can't access certain websites anymore. We can't go into certain stores anymore. If we say no to the COVID-19 vaccine, we can't go to certain stores anymore. We can't fly on certain airlines anymore. We can't have certain jobs anymore. So this is like, it's checkmate and nobody's looking at it. Hardly anybody, I should say. More people are waking up to it now, but it is checkmate and it's hook line and sinker so many people are falling for it and even though the information is out there you get the you know the the big social media companies that are controlling the narrative you have really the cnn and and all these other mainstream media companies that were next to bankruptcy and then for four years all they ever did was they ragged on orange man bad this entire time, you know, Trump this and Trump that, which I don't like the guy, but the bottom line is, is really that's the only thing you guys could be talking about. You're not going to be talking about what's happening to our economy. You're not going to be talking about how big tech is monopolizing right now. Man, it is hook, line, and sinker. What we are seeing is not COVID-19. It is the Great Reset. It predates COVID-19. COVID-19 is an impetus. It's an excuse to usher in brand new technology, destroy the economy, and bring in what's called biocapitalism, where Goldman Sachs can literally, and huge hedge funders, can do what they did at the end of Westworld, in the third season of Westworld. Everybody is uh, has this digital twin, and the digital twin is put through simulations, and so they could say, well, here's Henry over here, let's see what Henry is going to amount to. Let's put him through a bunch of, you know, quantum computer simulations. Oh, it looks like every simulation came back saying that he's only going to make, I don't know, $70,000 a year for the rest of his life. He's probably going to die at age 70 from a coronary or blah, 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 whatever it comes back with. And it'll say, okay, so don't let any new job ideas come to this person. Don't let any new doors open for this person. Let's send Susie Q, who comes from a good family, has great genetics. We know this because of 23andMe. Let's send her to great schools. Let's bring all these new opportunities to her because it looks like she's actually going to, according to our calculations, amount to being a uh, politician or you know somebody high up in you know social work or something like that. This is what COVID-19 is. It's an excuse to usher us into biocapitalism. So I hope I didn't rant too long and, and lose your audience there, but it's, it's a lot to digest. But what we're talking about is biocapitalism, where we, the lower impoverished class, will be in, in a prison planet, not to sound hyperbolic, but a prison-style planet 
planet being governed from satellites in space. And this is not a joke. If you guys want to look into Allison McDowell, wrenchinthegears.com, she has laid it out with every ounce of detail you need. And if you would like to refute anything that she says, please do, because I would love to see it. Because as I've gone through all of this, there's no other way that I can see it. And I'm trying to look for other ways that I can see it. I've listened to the mainstream narrative. I've listened to alternative viewpoints, and none of it adds up. None of it holds water. I'm sorry. What, and you guys think this can't happen? Sounds too much like a sci-fi show? Yeah, well, that we, I, we were talking before we started recording how in, in radio and broadcasting, we we are trained to, to, to form that narrative, to give you, we call it an earworm. We, they used to be called jingles. That's how stuff re, remained in your ear. But yeah, and I've always said, you know, with social media, that's where most of the narratives start and continue and grow. And I've... I always found it funny, I'll say, that your fans are called followers. It's funny, isn't mm -hmm. it? So uh, we can go on for another hour, like always, but but let's start wrapping up, Ben. Um, from from your research, yeah, like, and we we warned you guys, it's not there's not a lot of good news coming. Maybe it's all it's all up to you guys, all up to us. But just from from your research and what you go what you put into Waking Infinity, uh. What do you what do you see what are you going to see in uh 2021 and what do you see what do you think we're going to see we're going to live through through this through this new decade? Okay. Um 2021 we're already seeing this right now but it's going to be the talk of the town in 2021. You're going to see the coronavirus being called COVID-21. There's a new variant that's coming out mainly out of UK. They're shutting down a lot of travel out there. Um, you can go to BBC, listen to the podcast there, and there are people who left there are, are having a hard time even getting back in. This new um, coronavirus variant is now supposedly, um, whereas children weren't really susceptible to it and they weren't carriers of it, now children are looking to be carriers of this new strain. It's, it's the perfect thing to happen if you want to continue down the road of the Great Reset, because they need to reset schools. Um, and I, I won't go deep into this, but basically another thing out of the World Economic Forum is trying to, it, they, they put it in ways like, well, we need to empower women and get women into the workforce. But if you look at the wording of it, what they really need women to do and girls to do is sign up for their programs so they, they can have their data harvested because there's not enough data on many women. A lot more men have their data harvested because they are in the workforces, they sign up for the programs. So what we're going to start seeing is, oh no, COVID-21, you know, is upon us. Now it's affecting children. And maybe there will be another variant that's like, now it's affecting healthy adults. And whether it's true or not, it will be used as an excuse to get every square inch of, the, of any demographic into this new trace and track health passport um, type of uh, uh, economy. So that's what we're going to start seeing. You know, you're going to get a lot of bread and circuses. Things like Niantic is a company that is going to Pokemon Go the world. It's basically a way so you can have the internet all around you. They call it the spatial, uh, spatial computing and the spatial web, where you can have 
Google glasses on or even maybe an ocular implant for Mojo Vision in your eye, and the Internet will be all around you. And everything will be like an AR uh, augmented reality uh, around you to where you can go to historical sites, you can go to concerts, you can go to businesses in the comfort of your very own home. You can just turn your room into that business. You can order it, and then bam, Amazon will send it to you. You want to go to a concert? Well, man, Coldplay is is playing. You know where are they playing? Oh, in your very living room. Put on these glasses, or you know, turn your um, your ocular implant, um, you know, onto this frequency or whatever. Hit this button, and you'll be at the Coldplay concert. And so, a lot of this sounds great to a lot of people, and I don't mind that aspect of it, but. It's really the data harvesting, and there are very specific things that we need to be aware of in this next decade. Privacy is going bye-bye, very, very, very bye-bye, like a lot quicker than I even thought earlier this year, meaning um, I don't even know if I want to open this can of worms because we don't have too much time, but basically what I mean by privacy is going bye-bye is the way that you can be surveilled inside your own home is not just through cameras and microphones anymore. It's basically through a kind of, you know, if you go through the airport and you go, you have to put your hands up and then that thing swipes in front of you and you step out and you look at that monitor and you see that there's a 3D rendered image of you that can see every contour of your body. This is what 5G is also about. So literally everything you, all your behaviors and your activities are going to be in a system that is mapping what you do inside your own home, even if you turn off your phone, even if you cover every single camera. Uh, privacy goes bye-bye. What else happens in the next 10 years? If, if people start waking up quickly enough, here's what happens. Enough of a revolution, and it doesn't have to be a war, but enough of a revolution happens where people just say, you know what? No more. No, I am not signing up. I, I'm not signing up for these programs. I'm not allowing my data to be harvested anymore. I'm saying bye-bye to all this technology, and I'm going to demand from, you know, like these other inventors, safer technology, you know, not just safer to, you know, to our bodies with all the radiation, but also to our privacy and something open source, something on the blockchain that's not like Microsoft blockchain, but actually open source to where we can see every nuance of what's happening. And we know whether it's being hacked. We know where it's being hacked from. And in a sense, it's, it's not crackable in these ways. So that's what I would like to see, because the last thing that I'll say that may happen in the next 10 years uh, which seems even more grim, is that all-out pandemonium starts. And, and what I mean by that is a power outage or a grid, uh, the grid going down happens, and there's already, I, I really hate to make it sound hyperbolic and, you know, fear-mongering, but there are governmental simulations that said if the grid goes down for a couple months, half the population in the U.S. will die. Right. If there's a food shortage, if there's a water shortage of a certain percentage threshold, this percentage of the population will simply die within the first year. It's insane. It, it really the numbers are staggering. And let's say even only half of them are correct. What I fear is that people won't wake up to it enough. And so here's my solution. I want to leave your your listeners with solutions. 
talk to your community. Get out there and actually meet your community and, and start literally learning how to grow food. Start learning how to do things like, um, uh, man, uh, other than growing food, filter water. Uh, start getting out into nature more, getting more sunlight. You want to be healthy? Move in nature. Breathe a little bit more. Move your body. Um, and really, we need our tribe. We need our community. And it has to be online right now. Find your community because the, the main thing that's happening that didn't happen for the uh, American Revolution was they were meeting in taverns. They were meeting in public spaces. We can't do that anymore. So we can't even talk about these things. Try and do it online. See how quickly you get shut down. We need to find our tribe. We need to find our community. And we need to wake up to the fact that what's happening is not some fluke. And it's not something that's sending all of these, you know, rich, very philanthropic um, uh, technocrats into, oh, how do we save the world with all of our massive wealth and our technology? That's not what they're saying. They're saying this was right on cue, and here's how we usher in our new technology and put the people under our thumb a little bit more. I'm sorry for getting grim. You know, I really thought we would get a little bit more into DMT and some cool, fun topics than this. <laughs> no, no, but that that's fine. I mean, I was about to say it may sound bad, but all of you listening right now, just a few seconds ago, the first guest, Vernon Mahabal, he said the exact same thing that he sees in our palms. He's because he's a palmist. He sees rebellion, and like like Ben just said, he said the same thing. It doesn't mean a war, a civil war. What he means is, I think I'll put it easy. Our national anthem may have to change to "Twisted Sisters." We're not gonna take it. Is what is what we're saying. We're just gonna get tired of this stuff, and it again. That's what Ben means when it's up to it's up to us, up to you to wake up. All of it is on you. So to finally wrap up, Ben, uh, we I talked about Awaken Infinity. That's happening again. Link on the show description for all you guys to go and watch it. But besides that, what else do you have coming up for you personally for 2021? Oh man. Uh, a bunch of big projects. This is a, uh, a much more exciting. Um, so I have DMT Quest is a is a show that I'm doing with an awesome author named John Chavez. He wrote Questions for the Lion Tamer. Um, it's all about endogenous DMT. We have Wim Hof, Dennis McKenna, Rick Strasman, Maro Zapatera, some amazing people in this show that's basically talking about human potential and how Subtle manipulations of your breath or whatever you do can cause for more DMT in your brain, and it's functional. It's actually healthy, and we we should be having more DMT in our brains naturally, not having to smoke anything. Um, that's one project. Another project I can't get too deeply into, but there's a, uh, a shaman down in South America who can identify over 20,000 plants. And uh, Dennis McKenna is like, we need to document this guy, everything he knows before he dies, because it'll be like a library burnt down. So there's a lot of amazing people rallying around uh, this right now, donating, um, you know, putting up some capital so we can fast track this and then do it with shamans and indigenous from around the world. Because I keep getting stories of people who are saying, you know, my, my grandmother, she knows everything about our culture, but she's the last, you know, I can't even understand what she says a lot. You know, we need to document what she knows. And um, our culture is dying. It's basically dying. It's being absorbed and colonized in the mind, not even just in land, but in the mind. Um, so that's another big project. And I have a few smaller ones. You know, there's one with 
uh, Chef Pete Evans out of Australia. He's such an amazing guy, and he's getting shut down on. Uh, he just um, had all of his products took, taken off the shelf out there um, because of a single meme. Yes, it did have a pretty racy uh, symbol on there. Um, but then, you know, he was talking about alternative narratives to this pandemic, and he was pulled off of Facebook. And so he had he had over a million followers. And I had just another guy that I'm going to be doing a project with. He had EducateInspireChange.org. He had like four million followers on Facebook. He was just taken down. And he's contacted me saying, Ben, let's do some projects about plant medicines and, and psychedelics and awakening coming up here soon. But I need your help launching a fundraiser so I can get my page back or at least launch a new app where yeah, we won't get censored you know, where we can't get taken down. So I, I think that's where you're going to start seeing more of my work as well as on these new platforms like EvolveNetwork.tv, Brian Rose's new network, Ben Swan's new network, BitChute, Brighteon. The list goes on and on. The options are there. We just need more people to actually rally behind it. I love the documentary idea that, that you had because uh, I didn't tell you this, but I'll tell you now here on the air. Uh, I we actually recorded something with some Native Americans, and they they have a lot of stories, phenomenal stories that have never been heard. But their elder spokes, spokesperson, they 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 don't want to share. They don't want to get in front of a camera to share it, and it, it's kind of the same thing. A lot of the younger members, they're saying it, it's it's going to be like a part of us dying, a, a, a huge library, a, a huge part of our history dying. It's going to die with them. So. Yeah, I hope you don't right. run into that. But, yeah, I, lo I love that idea for the documentary. So, again, I, I have everything linked up on the uh, on the show description for you guys to, to go there and learn all about it. Ben, Ben, thanks a lot again for coming on. And, and uh, yeah, even though it sounded a little bit bleak, but there's always there's always light at the end of the tunnel. We'll put it that way. And that's the biggest message that it, that Ben has in all the waking and feelings and everything that he does. That's, again, why I love talking to you and having you on the show. So you're welcome back anytime. Have a happy new year, you and your family. Stay safe. And I'm sure it's not the last time we'll hear you on Paranormal Perception. Yeah, beautiful, man. Thank you. I, I can't wait to come back on and talk about some uh, some happier prospects. So there you go, the season finale for Paranormal Perception. If that doesn't prepare you for 2021 and the rest of this decade, I don't know what will. Um, send you a huge alarm clock, I guess. Uh, but like Ben just mentioned, not all of you are waking up. So uh, to, to wrap up, the again, I want to thank everybody that's, uh, especially all you brand new listeners to Paranormal Perception. I know I paused in the beginning and then I came back and the, the, the sound changed a little bit, mainly the guests, the guests that came on because of, for the obvious, COVID-19. Yeah, like you mentioned, those two, Vernon and Ben, as you just heard, we had to finish with them because those two were the most downloaded episodes this year, which tells me you obviously want to know more. So, to wrap up, how going into next year, is paranormal perception going to change in any way? Yeah, absolutely, it's going to change. It's going to change. We're well, going to continue this, and it, will I talk about ghosts? Yeah, they'll be in there also. Ghosts, paranormal researchers, psychics, mediums, uh, UFOs, cryptozoology, uh, well, crypto, cryptocurrency. Something else that those of you that listen from the Geek Speak Show, you've heard the promo, I mentioned it on there. And yeah, we that's something that definitely I I I I never I never mentioned it here only because I don't really understand it. I have an idea what it is, but I don't really understand it enough to be able to share it with you guys. So I'm gonna have on some people who do understand it and might be able to uh 
I'm not gonna say dumb it down for me, but uh, may, explain to me in English. <laughs> let's, let's put it that way. And so some of you guys also, if you know how to do that, Henry at paranormalperception.show, let me know. Hey, I can explain it to you in a, in a way that even you can figure out what Bitcoin is. So that's what what the show is gonna be about. There's another thing that I have not mentioned, and I'm sort of gonna mention it right now as we close off the year. And that is a big event that I'm planning connected to paranormal perception. It will be something that if done right, well, if it happens, first of all, because, again, we don't know. I'm in California, so I don't know because of the shutdowns whether we will be allowed to gather in person or not. But if we are, uh, circle the first weekend in October of next year, of 2021, I have a big event planned that will allow you to hear from, meet, and interact in person with people like Ben, people like, like uh, Vernon who came on, and other guests from Panama Perception, and some new people. Um, that's about all I'm going to say. Uh, again, not because it's secrets, but because I don't know. I don't know if we can do it or not. I don't know if uh, conventions or sporting events or anything are going to come back next year, if at all. I hate to put it that way, but... We don't. We just don't know. So, put circle the first weekend in uh, in October next year, and there might be something fun and definitely relevant for, for all you paranormal perception listeners. So, again, thanks again for everybody. There is the season finale. I'll come back. Well, next I was gonna say next week, but I guess it is. It will be next year. So we'll do. I may skip a week only because you know just to get a little break from everything, and then we'll definitely. I have a lot of guests already scheduled into January and the rest of the year. So thank you, everybody. Continue to come back and listen to Paranormal Perception. Follow me on Paranormal Perception 1 on Twitter, on Instagram. Our account there is Paranormal Perception 2, the number 2, and you will be notified when new programs are going up, uh, new episodes that are going up. And also wherever, however you're listening to the show, if it's directly through the website, you might whatever you use as your podcast catcher, CastBox, um, Apple, uh, Google, Google Podcast, Spotify, whatever it is, we're all on there. Subscribe so you'll know when we get when you get a brand new episode. Other than that, everybody have a Merry Christmas, Happy New Year next year. Wish you the best in 2021. And remember, like Ben said, like everybody said, the main message. Yeah, it sounds bleak, but the main message from all of us, it's all in our power to make it better. So Happy New Year, everybody, and I will speak to you soon. Get more information on the guests and listen to past episodes at paranormalperception.show. Follow the show on Instagram, Paranormal Perception 2, and on Twitter, Paraperception 1. To be a guest on the show, send an email to henry at paranormalperception.show. Paranormal Perception was conjured by the Audio Wizards at 22 Creations Multimedia, LLC. Paranormal Perception.